Welcome to Connecting the Community podcast. I am your host, Marge Andre. I will be connecting you to people, organizations, and events that create community. I am creating this podcast in Richmond Hill, an eclectic and very culturally diverse community with lots of trees and streams and interesting people just up the hill from Toronto. On this podcast, I will be talking with Jim Quantz and Randy Moore, two of the five members from the Fireball Governor Band. Welcome, Jim and Randy. Hi, Marge. Hi, Marge. Great to see you again. Yeah, no, thanks. It's, it's great that we're able to do this. Let's start by you telling us a little bit about yourselves and uh, your musical abilities and introduce the other band members. Uh, yes, uh, we're, we're a band of uh, five guys. We're all in our sort of late 50s and 60s. We've played together for about uh, 15 years, I think, although some of the originals go back even further than that. Uh, there's myself, Jim, who plays uh, drums. I'm the guy in the back of the stage all the time trying to keep these guys together. Uh, we'll let Randy speak about himself in a moment. And then there's Mark Tiffin. He's our newest member to the band. He plays bass, an awesome bass player. Has some really good, uh, some lead lead uh, work that he does. Uh, he's a real Van Morrison fan. And of course, John Still, an awesome lead guitarist. He's uh, the, one of the fellas sits right up front or stands right up front. And he, he's a master at uh, lead guitar. We really love what he does. And of course, our lead singer is uh, Joe Coughlin. Again, another really good lead guitar player. Um, awesome vocals. We, we love what he does. And a lot of what we choose to play is based on uh, his, his abilities, which are quite diverse. So, so yeah, we're, we're a band of five. We love what we do. Uh, Randy, you might want to speak a bit about yourself. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been with Jim since the beginning. If you don't know this, Marge, Jim's my brother-in-law as well. Okay. So we go back a long way. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's been great. I'm a guitar player. I basically carry the rhythm section for the band. Um, and I've been playing guitar for, I don't know, 25 plus years. And it, these guys are all neighborhood guys. And it just, it just clicked together. And uh, we made a few adjustments along the way. And it's been really, you know, it's a lot of fun for all of us. Very good. That's why we do Like to hear that. Flyball governor, you know, I've been asking myself for many years, what's, what, what is with your name? Uh, I Googled it and I was surprised to see that flyball governor is an actual thing. Can you yes, explain to me what it is and, you know, tell us why you chose that for the title, for the name of your band? Uh, sure, Marge. When, when you have these musicians in the room, you know, you have a lot of egos there. So everybody wants to call the band after themselves, but we didn't think that was going to work. So it started out, we had our band name was the Tritones, and we felt after a period of time that that really didn't reflect the kind of music we had. And we were hunting for a, a new band name that would be recognizable and something different. And our lead singer in the band, Joe, is in the elevator business. That's the space he was in. And so a flyball governor is an elevator device. That's basically two arms of steel balls on the end that flies around as the elevator descends and pulls up a spring to slow the elevator down. And and Joe came up with the name and we thought it was unusual and, and recognizable. And I thought it was a good fit for us. So we took it. Okay. I'm still thinking about an L part, the elevator mechanism and the band, but okay. Um, you have a unique name and that excellent. Okay. 
Uh, in the promo photos of you guys, I counted the five of you. What you know, what connected? You said something about uh, you were all neighborhood guys. Like, were you really neighbors? Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. We we are all, although some of us have moved away, but for the most part, the 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 center of the band focused on uh, O'Connor Crescent and Hausman Crescent in Richmond Hill in the in this sort of. Uh, Major Mackenzie Bathurst area. So we all we're all neighbors uh, back in the early days, and three of the five are still in their current place on Hausman and and O'Connor. We started out playing backyard barbecues, and we loved every minute of it. And we were so happy to see um, as we began to play. When you're a new band just starting out, you wonder are you are you good enough to hold people's attention? So. Uh, and it turns out we were. So we were playing our first few songs and we're all looking out in the audience and people are milling around having some refreshments and snacks and looking back at the band. And we could read in their face that, wow, this band's got something. And no one left early. So we were <laughs> yeah. real happy. And that's where it started. It started playing in the, in the backyards of, of some of our homes. And as time went on, we, you know, word of mouth, music is, is a big thing and it's fueled often by word of mouth. So you have people, uh, neighbors, friends, whatever, at our parties and they go, well, I, I know where a, a venue you guys might like to play or how would you feel about playing in our backyard in a couple of weeks? And it all started from there. And now it's progressed to a lot of charity events, uh, pubs, local pubs in Newmarket, Richmond Hill, Schaumburg. Uh, so it's a great beginning and we loved every minute of it and we continue to love every minute. Our set list expanded from about 10 songs to over a hundred now. So that was our beginning and we, we cherish those, uh, those times, uh, greatly. Oh, very good. Actually, you, I realized you are my neighbor. I probably could hear you play from my backyard. So, uh, all, all's good. Can uh, I give but... you a quick anecdote, Marge? Sure. The very first gig we played in the backyard, our band played and my son's band played as well. And at the time they were 14, 15 in a really loud punk rock band. Mm -hmm. And what happened? The police came to shut us down, not my son's band, <laughs> which we thought was quite funny. So that's a family band joke that uh, carries to this day. Okay. Hmm. I wonder what neighbor called the police. Wasn't me. <laughs> Okay, uh, you started talking about the type of music. Uh, Randy, can you tell us a little more about the music that you guys well, like to perform? It's it's a time capsule of a classic rock and roll stuff. I mean, we, we grew up with this kind of music, all the guys in the band, and we love this type of music. And and really, the set lists come about very sporadically. I mean, we sit around here and we start to play a tune and, you know, the groove gets going and it's, I don't know, we got to add this to the set list. And I think it's actually about 150 songs in our, in our pocket that we have now. So we try to formulate that into something for an evening for entertainment for people that we, we go through the classic tunes. And I mean, the, the band ranges that's, you know, we go from Tom Petty, the hip, Bruce Springsteen, Van Morrison, the Stones, Beatles, John Mayer, CCR. I mean, you name it, anything from the 60s, 70s, maybe 80s, and even some of the current stuff, uh, mm -hmm. That's what goes on to our set list. And it seems to me what people really, really like. You go to a dance and these people are dancing and they're having fun and you, they'll hear a tune. And often we will play some of the most popular songs um, because a lot of bands, I mean, we won't do songs like Sweet Alabama or something because everybody does it, right? So we, we try to find unique songs that are really upbeat and 
really bring back memories for people that come out to these events and say, wow, I haven't heard that song in you know so many years and they love the music. So mm-hmm. we get a pretty good response from mixing up the set list. So you'll find if you go to a music venue and, and you sit down, all of a sudden you realize the band's a cover band, they're going to do ACDC all night long. Well, that's not what we do. Like We have a wide variety of music. And mm-hmm. I think that was, what I read is that's what people really enjoy is every song is different. I mean, it, it brings back, you know, something from their from their youth or in maybe a, an event that they were at sometime before. But and then we move in from slow songs to fast songs. <clears throat> so we cover the whole genre. So it's, uh, it's really good. It's good for the band. It keeps it interesting for us. Yeah. Oh, very good. <laughs> OK, uh, you are playing uh, in a couple of weeks, December the 10th. You're playing uh, at uh, Archibald's, which you, I know you've played at many times. Uh, it is December 10th. Will you play any Christmas music? Great, great question. If if we're given enough notice, we'll we'll try anything. I mean, we we will not go on stage unless we feel comfortable that we're going to do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if a pub or whatever event we're playing were to ask us uh, that question, we would do our best to prepare two or three songs. To this point in time, we've we have not been asked to do that, but. Okay. Uh, we we meet we practice every week as a band together. So if that was important to the night, uh, we'd be all over it. And Archibald's is an interesting story. We well, you could I'm sure you can relate to this, Marge, being a connector of people. But we tried to get in that that pub for years, and for whatever reason, we're not able to 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 do that. And finally, uh, one of our friends was running a, a hockey team fundraiser. And asked if we would play that night, and of course it was going to be at uh, at Archibald. So we said for sure, we're all over it. We packed that place. People loved it. The owner came up to us halfway through the night and said, uh, "I can't believe what we've been missing." And we're a regular there now. So it, it, it's a cr- incredible how how it can all start and snowball from there. Very good. What sort of capacity? I must admit, I haven't been to Archibald's. So I could walk Arch, we got to get you out there. Yeah, we got to get you. <laughs> I think it'll hold 150 people or more. Okay, that, that's what Pretty I was... good size facility, and it's okay. got a proper stage. Oh, very good. Okay, because, you know, I drive by it. It's right there on Young Street. So, okay, I will see both see, seeing you someday soon. Okay. Um, you also do play private functions, so weddings, parties, etc. Is there... We, we don't do weddings to speak of. Okay. Uh, but we do do private functions. We've done functions for the squash club, uh, mm-hmm. done for the Legion. We did a dance for the hospice. Um, you know, we've done uh, the baseball banquets. Those were private functions. Okay. And, uh, you know, they they reach out to us from community members or connections yes. that we have, and that's how we get those events. Okay. Okay. So no weddings. That's okay. I hear they're difficult um, events <laughs> to play for. So, um, and I know you also college. do the Rotary Club uh, Beer Festival there, in, usually in August, and it's that's a great event. Uh, I think highly of the Rotary Club. Do you have an association with the Rotary Club, or just you know people? We don't have a direct association with the Rotary Club, but because of our relationship with everybody else in town, I think. I think uh, that event actually came through a contact of Jim's, either through the squash club or the one of the baseball fellows. Okay. And, uh, and that's how we get most of our stuff is from association with people we know and uh, community, uh, community stuff that we're already involved in. And that's how yeah, we've, we've sort of got hooked into the Richmond Hill Center for the Performing Arts as well. And through Landers, as I recall, I think that's the, the connection there. And that I think, I don't know, I can't speak for Randy, but that was my one of my favorite uh, 
shows this past summer, we had just an incredible audience. Everybody mm -hmm. from like 15 to 85. Actually, my, my little niece from France with my daughter was there, which was a real high for me. But mm -hmm. point is, as Randy says, yeah, it's, it's all connections. Uh, you, you, pl you play one night, you never know who's in the audience that might be looking for, for yeah. a show or a referral. So uh, yeah, that's 90% of how we get new shows. Okay. Uh, and you've also played at Legion. Any other um, uh, venues that you want to brag about? Uh, well, we've done the things for the town, quite a few, actually. We've done uh, counselors' events. We've done things for the mayor before. We've played the Mill Pond. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I said, the Richmond Center, we've done the Street Festival before. Uh, most of those activities, uh, the hospice one, we stepped up because they were looking to find a fundraiser and we thought this would be a perfect, we actually donated our time for that. Very nice. Uh, so that we can help out. And we don't mind doing that for the right charity. We've done this before where we were, with, charity has come to us and I said, okay, we're, you know, the guys have got together, so we're prepared to do it for free for us mm -hmm. just so that we can help these people out. So that's always a nice touch. It, it is. We definitely. particularly like the outdoor venues. They're they're a lot of fun. We've done like David West's and Godwin Chan's barbecues. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a lot of fun outdoors, especially in nice summer weather. But you can mm -hmm. never guarantee the weather. No, you can't. <laughs> no. We used to do the CIBC Run for the Cure, uh, mm. and that was a volunteer spot for us. But it was like seven thirty in the morning. Uh, oh, and as you yeah. know, in October when the walk is uh, the yeah. CIBC Run for the Cure, it's very cool in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think of uh, dancing at 730 in the morning. So, OK. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll see you at the beer festival. That was a, <laughs> that's my type of uh, event in the evening. Nice summer night. OK. Uh, do you, Jim, do you have any favorite songs? What's your favorite song? Boy, that of all the questions I, I knew you were going to ask us, that would be my most difficult one to answer because. Uh, well, like Randy said, we grew up on music and the list for me is long, but of what, of what we do, I would say I'm a real John Mayer fan. I love, I love, we do, I think three or four of his songs, one in particular, Love on the Weekend. I just love that song. It's just, it's got a good groove to it. The vocal is amazing. Joe, uh, our singer does an incredible job on it. Um, at the other end of the spectrum is a tune by Tom Cochran called, uh, the untouchable one. And it's got a real driving, thrusting pulse to it, which I love. The guitar work that John does is amazing. But from the drummer's perspective, I just love the, the driving groove that it has. So, it, and that's tough to nail it, you know, to bring it down to one or two songs because there's so many of what we do, I, I love. Okay, very good. Randy, um, favorite songs for you? I think, uh, again, uh, echoing what Jim said, we, we love the music, so it's so hard to pick the favorites, but Wild Nights by Van Morrison, uh, we do a great job of that song. Uh, Moon Dance, Van Morrison, again. Uh, there's just so many that the, the Blue Rodeo songs we do, Five Days in May has got to be one of my favorites. And again, John just has, does an absolutely outstanding job on that song. So it, it, we've got such a wide variety. Sometimes we play Marge and uh, we just look at each other. So we know that that's the right song for us. Mm -hmm. Very good. Okay. Uh, may, may I add one more thing, Marge? Uh, mm -hmm. jo John and Joe and, and Mark asked that we share with you their favorite songs. So very okay. briefly, mm -hmm. same thing for them. They said, are you kidding me? You want me to give you one song? Mm -hmm. Anyway, for John and Joe, it's uh, The Darkest One by The Tragically Hip. It's I, it's one of my faves, too. It's a great song. And, and uh, Mark, who's our bass player, loves anything from Van Morrison. But in particular, I think we do a pretty good job on Moondance. And 
that team mm-hmm. seems to be a real crowd pleaser. Everybody yeah. knows that song. Very good. Okay, that's uh, thank you for that, and thank you for asking the other band members. Okay, um, is your audience like I'm thinking? We're we're talking. We're all in the same age group. Is it a fairly homogenous office um, audience? You, you sort of touched on this when you're talking about the people who came out to the beer uh, festival, but you know, say at Archibald's, which is it a homogenous? Yeah, you don't want to paint everybody with the same brush, but I would say 80% of the audience is very similar uh, to the band members, yep. except now we're getting younger people. We're getting, um, you know, Richmond has such a diverse population. Definitely. We're getting that new population that come that are coming in and seeing us and enjoying our music. And uh, I think the last time we played Archibalds, by the end of the night, uh, maybe it's because some of the older people left. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, it was quite a young crowd and it was quite okay. nice. To see the young people, they were enjoying it and dancing and having a good time. So we're getting more and more of that because people are hearing about our music and it's different from what they've been hearing and they want to come out. So yeah. it makes okay. it fun for us too. So what about culturally diverse? Like I, you know, I realize that many places around the world still love this 60s, 70s and 80s music. Are they coming out? Like the idea of going to Archibald's, is it uh universally acceptable and you know fun it is fun like i said we get all types at all ages it's it's surprising some night you'd think that some wouldn't come out but where you see a lot more of it is when we do something that is not a pub but for a charity event and that's really the next audience you know yeah. they're there okay. for both to enjoy the music but for the purpose that we're there right so okay that, that makes sense okay. the rotary club's uh, beer fest that's a great example of what randy's talking about it was like a the mosaic of richmond hill it was gratifying to see yeah yeah definitely okay um how did you guys cope with the lockdown the pandemic i you know i will say it isn't totally over but it's it's certainly a lot different than it had been so what did you guys do for those two years it, it was, to be honest, to be honest with you and your listeners, Marge, it, it was not a pleasant time for us. And, and obviously for many people, they suffered worse than, than we did. Uh, we were just so used to playing and so used to practicing. And we essentially got shut down for 18 months. Hmm. We tried remote practicing and it, it frankly didn't work yet. You have to have some fairly high end uh, technical equipment to be able to do that properly. We tried it. It didn't work. Um, as the as as the COVID went on, we tried a couple of outdoor practices on a band members' decks spread out. Frankly, that didn't work. So we really we really had to forego definitely forego performing, but we also foregoed uh, practicing. To be honest, we each mm-hmm. practiced individually, and there was an upside to that. I mean, I know for myself as a drummer, I got to practice some stuff that I normally wouldn't practice. And it kind of expanded my my solo ability, and and Randy might be able to speak for the guitar players, and I I would think that would probably be the truth as well. But it was not a not a pleasant time for us, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Randy. Well, we're happy to see it behind us. I got to tell you that. And when yeah. the weather was at least a little bit warmer, Joe and John and I, uh, we would be out playing acoustic guitar outside, you know, at some distance, but. It, it was it was warming to have them there at least uh, to to see another face, but it was really annoying because like a lot of guitar players, I'm I'm sure Jim says the same thing about the drums. Like when nobody's here, I I play my guitar every day. Yeah. At one point or another, I mean mm-hmm. I've got quite a few of them, so it's not hard for me to sit down and play something. And if the music goes well, I could be down here for an hour. Okay. So, very, but yeah. It, it, it's uh, 
there's more synergy with the five guys together. And that's what creates the good music is when the five guys are in the same room. Very good. Yeah. That's uh, let's hope it was just a bad memory and we are moving ahead and also appreciating that we can, we do get together. So that's uh, let's move on. Has performing changed over the decades? Like, do you notice a lot of something much different between now and, you know, when you started? Uh, the equipment, thank God, has gotten lighter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. pretty heavy in the beginning. Yeah. But yeah. We finally got some decent size equipment that's easier to carry. Okay. Okay. Uh, anything else, Jim? Uh, things how you notice things have changed over time? Um, I, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, okay. A good song played well is a good song played well. As Randy said, some of the equipment is is a little different. Um, I think Randy and the guitar players are a little more plugged into the equipment side of, of the equation. Um, so no, I, no, I really don't see a lot of difference. As I say, a good song played well is a good song played well. Okay. One thing I would add, March, is that we're losing some of the venues that had music. Okay. Yeah. And this is a part of, you know, Richmond going through expansion and development as businesses get displaced, they don't reopen. Yeah. And so when you look down Young Street, there's not that many live music venues anymore where a band like ours can play. Okay. Yeah. So that's one of the challenges. Okay. Uh, you may be surprised to hear that I um, I worked at my dad's music store when I was a teenager, and I had to sell things to guys like you. Um, <laughs> and uh, are there still Wawa pedals available? I have nightmares <laughs> about them. Oh, oh, my my goodness. Yes. First of all, Congratulations for growing up in the music business. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, it was, I'm not even going to ask you, was it around the GTA? Uh, Brantford. Brantford, okay, great, no problem. Okay. Uh, I have a Dunlop Walmart pedal here. Uh, okay. I've had it 25 years. Uh, they never go out of style. There's certain types of music that call for that kind of pedal, yeah. uh, but they're a classic piece. I don't know a guitar player that doesn't have one. Uh, and it's like a lot of other pedals. There's some standard pedals. John has a lot more pedals than I do because he's more into the lead guitar side of the business but uh i i think it's uh some of that stuff never changes and i think guitar pedals <clears throat> are one of those things that are you flavor to taste if your taste for that particular song requires a pedal then you'll use it and okay so well there's a wide collection in this room i'll tell you that <laughs> okay yeah my father was a banjo player so don't oh, know wow. if i should have met that either okay <laughs> And then uh, also remember, not fondly, having to sort all the guitar strings. Uh, how often do you get new guitar strings? Well, this is another personal choice thing, because I think that Joe and John and I feel the same about this. Uh, acoustic guitars are different. Acoustic guitars require, you know, the brightness in the strings to get the sounds you want. But in an electric guitar, I change the electric guitar strings once a year. Okay. Okay. I think Joe and John are pretty much the same. After a while, they start to go dead, but you're amplifying the sound, and you could you can talk, you can change the tonality of the strings with some of your equipment that you're using. So it's not as it's not as uh, apparent to any of the people in the audience that this, the guitar needs strings. Whereas an acoustic guitar gets to sound a little bit dull after a period of time, and you need to brighten up. You'll have to change the strings. But on electric, nah, once a year is fine. Okay. Change okay. them in the spring. You would not have been Mar a good customer. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Marge? Yes. And drummer drummers drummers change drumsticks when they break. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that. Okay. 
Okay. Um, anything else that you guys want to add? Yeah, breaking a, a guitar string is a badge of honor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, okay. it happens. Uh, it's annoying, but it's very cool. Okay. And Jim? Uh, no, only to say that uh, we we love what we do. People often ask us, are, do you look at this from a professional point of view or a hobby point of view? And we kind of uh, split right down the middle on that. We, we treat it as a, a hobby that we love, mm -hmm. but we're, we're serious about it as well. Yeah. We, when we go on stage, we, we want to be well prepared uh, because people are expecting to be entertained and hopefully they're out dancing and singing along. When we see that, we're very happy. Okay, very good. So I do like to end this podcast with the question for everyone. Can you name one thing you really like about this community? Jim, I'll start with you. Well, if, if when you say community, Marge, if you mean the town or actually the city of Richmond Hill, I'd have to answer it's a wonderful place to raise children. Um, mm -hmm. We raised our three children there. Proximity-wise, we were very close to Randy and my sister and their children, uh, and they became best friends over the years, even as, as young adults. So awesome place to raise children. So okay. I love Richmond Hill. Love that answer. Randy, what's one thing well, you love about this community? I've been here since 1959. Uh, mm -hmm. and as you know, Richmond Hill was about 12,000 people back then. You could actually mm -hmm. fish it in Bill Pond. That was actually pretty cool. But it's, it's the fact that we have a lot of tremendous parklands and recreation facilities and the community centers that we have. And if people would just take advantage of some of these things, Richmond Hill's got a lot to offer. Yeah. It's a great place to raise children, as Jim said. It's a great place to have roots for your family. And um, you have easy access. I mean, you're 10 minutes from the 400 highway. You're 10 minutes from the 404 highway. I mean, you can be in Barry in half an hour. You can be downtown. I mean, it's... The central location of Richmond Hill is almost ideal for everyone who has different things to do in life. And so I, I'm obviously very happy here. I've been here a long time. Very good. Okay. So there will be uh, links to your uh, Facebook. You, um, so if people want to find out more about you, I'll put the link for that in there. And I'll put a picture of all of your band as well. So you can see what you guys are about. Uh, and I will also link to the uh, December 10th um performance you have at Archibald. So again, thank you, Jim and Randy. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Well, thanks very much for having us, Marge. Thanks for having us, Marge. It was great. Thank you for listening. I would very much appreciate you sharing this podcast. Please tune in next week as we continue to explore the community. Consider emailing me at Marge, M-A-R-J, at margeandre.com. I welcome suggestions for podcast guests. Stay well, stay connected. <laughs>